Dave from Australia, from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios. It's time for the Bill Show Politics this week. And now, here are your hosts, Bill and Randy. Hello, Randy. William, William, William. How are you? I'm excited. I'm Randall, really excited. Randall, Randall. I'm excited. How are you? Good. Are you excited? I am. I can't I'm, tell. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am. You know, we're doing these shows one a week now, and I think I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm not getting all the way down from the previous one. I'm actually, I'm pumped, man. You're I'm, just, you're just, uh, you're top filled with yeah. uh, aggression and, not and aggr- bitterness. I, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> and I did an interview today for a newspaper article on. The Bill Show, and she thought Did you? she thought it was hilarious. And um, oh my god, yeah, just the local really? paper and um, <laughs> the local Australian paper is going to do a article on the Bill Show, are they? <laughs> well, the local Castle Maine paper. Um, yeah, yeah, we we see them around sometimes. They're uh, rather she weird. She put up the, the logo on the screen while she was uh, doing the photos, and uh, I had oh, I, I had wonderful. the mug. I had our our merch. I had some merch. <laughs> she liked, she actually understand. liked the video ones better. She says, those are terrific. A population of about 50. <laughs> Castleman's got more than 50. That's at least 55. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's 55. Now, uh, yeah, she loved the- Our the, friend Randy does a podcast, mate. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> she liked the video ones. You know, remember we did video podcasts? We should do more Yeah, we're going to get thought, back to doing that. Yeah, again. she thought they were terrific. Oh wow! Yeah, no, oh, that's great. I, I looked at it myself and I went, uh, "Yeah, me too." Yeah, got, me you too. Know, you look like, halfway decent. I, I've I've broken all the mirrors in the house just by looking in. Them. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I could wear anything. I got my flannel underwear on now with the days of the week on it. So you know, I'm a happy man. I'm actually, dre- <laughs> so, you know, I'm actually I'm dressed this. dressed really well because I have to go down that's later. Good. I have to go down later and pick up my wife at the train station, you know. She's coming and back. And you can't be dressed in your flannelies. No, she's coming back the from station. the big smoke. She went into okay. the big city today. Wow, that's Melbourne, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That's our big city. It's 90, yeah. 90 yeah. minutes away. So, for those of you in New York, yeah. it's just like a standard commute. But um yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When you come down here, we'll show you around. Yeah, you anyway, but, yeah, folks. Yeah, we're wasting time, and we should get down to it. <laughs> yeah, get Val to come down. Anyway, folks, uh, it has been a very uh, radioactive and retro week in the <laughs> world of politics in the United States. Uh, near a fortnight goes past in which we don't try to sit here and talk a little bit about what's been going on in Washington. Let's have the news theme, ladies and gentlemen. Yay, fix it in post, fix it in post. Yeah. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the news by way of Australia, back to America, right here on your Bill Show News. Well... What happened in the last two weeks? Well, as as we saw it, Republicans in the last two weeks expanded their tour to the sixth level of hell. <laughs> I swear to God, you know, just when you think that these chimps, these 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 disgusting creatures, 
I swear to God, they're not human. Uh, four Capitol Police officers testified before Congress to illustrate the fun and activities that fascist tourists engaged in on their first annual kill, maim, bludgeon, destroy Nazi fun day at the Capitol. Here are some highlights of what those crazy fascists got up to. After giving CPR to one of the rioters who breached the Capitol in an effort to save her life, that I finally had a chance to let my own family know that I was alive. I had to push my wife away from me because she wanted to hug me. More than six months later, I'm still trying to recover from my injuries. I've been left with the psychological trauma and the emotional anxiety of having survived such a horrific event. And my children continue to deal with the trauma of nearly losing their dad that day. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. Truly nothing has prepared me to address those elected members of our government who continue to deny the events of that day. And in doing so, betray their oath of office. I told them to just leave the Capitol. And in response, they yelled, no man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. I got to sit there. I, I, I got to say, Brandy, I, I sat through the testimony on, uh, uh, we, we got it, and I usually watch that kind of stuff late at night. And I sat through all of it. And I was just, the amount of impotent fury you feel when you see bullies you know and and the 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 you know the calling these guys you know and that's what what got to me is is it that there was never a chance the the black guys that talked said man there's never a, a time goes by that you don't see the race card with these people yeah they're just a bunch of a bunch of fascists. Thugs, thugs. But then some something else happened. Ladies and gentlemen, Fox News, America's best known source for treason, decided that they would attack the police. Mm. Yeah, Rupert's gonna pile on. By the way, another one of those officers committed suicide today. Four now. Four of those police officers because of the stress and because of what happened that day, which was obviously nothing, just a bunch of tourists, right? Committed suicide today, Rupert. Fuck face. Uh, these policemen were bludgeoned and beaten with the daytime targets of rat-faced circus cunt, Laura Ingram, and I do mean that. Fuck you, bitch. And the best argument for strangling rich little fuckers in their bassinets... Trucker Carlson. <laughs> oh, uh, TV dinner boy. Yeah. Tucker Carlson. TV dinner boy. Best argument for killing the rich. <laughs> Just the best. Don't allow them to mutate. No, 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 no. And it'd be in Tucker Carlson's bassinet with a pillow, like in that scene in The Godfather. I'd, I'd get shot, you know. <laughs> the final comment that I attach to this, by the way, is from the base. From the people that you got into bed with. The heart and soul of your base. It's a comment from an actual phone call that one of the cops got at his house after Fox News 
sick the Kraken on him. Mm. Yeah. After one of the Fox News base decided that, you know, find out his phone number. Uh, listen to this. Democrats today picked four carefully curated police officers to testify as the voice of the law enforcement community. The theatrics were intended to produce an emotional reaction. Logic and facts be damned. God save us from these third-rate theatrics. Now, the award for best use of an exaggeration in a supporting role, the winners, Aquilino Gonell, who thinks the pen is literally mightier than the sword. Yeah, this is from Michael Fanone. Metropolitan Police Officer, you're on trial right now, lying and that. Uh, you want an Emmy, an Oscar? What are you trying to go for here? You're so full of shit, you little You're a little man. I can slap you up the side of your head with a backhand and knock you out, you little You're a punk You're a lying How about all that scummy black scum for two years, destroying our cities and burning them and stealing all that shit? stores and everything. How about that and assaulting cops and killing people? How about that, you That was shit on the goddamn capital. I wish they would have killed all you scumbags, because you, you people are scum. They stole the election from Trump, and you know that, you scumbag. And you too bad they didn't beat the shit out of you, You're a piece of shit, a little you scumbag. Yeah, um... Before we commit all that to memory, uh, let's get this straight. <laughs> oh, my God. In a country with more than a million guns in it, Fox News not only encouraged the terrorist attack, but released the Kraken on the only folks who stopped them. And this uh, barely audible, fucking illiterate automaton. And by the way, it was also the black shit halfway through that rave. You yeah. can't. They're just fucking racist, man. I tell you, man, it was like Obama in the White House drove them all insane. Every Muskegee asshole. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, this this really was the only thing they had a chance to do, though, because they wanted to get Jim Jordan on that committee. And Pelosi told Jim Jordan to go fuck himself because <laughs> the only reason Jim Jordan would be on that committee would be to distract and and, and basically, you know, sidewind it so they decided yeah. instead of you know doing anything else they'd attack these guys um they don't want to have this capital invasion investigated uh because there were members of congress who knew about it and cooperated with the rioters okay the reason, That's the right. reason these That's fuckers right. don't want uh, – this is from USA Today. Some members of Congress, including those who say they're trained to spot suspicious activity from their time in the military, said in a letter that they witnessed an unusual number of outside groups visiting the complex on January 5th. Oh, really? Wonder why? They alleged <laughs> some of the visitors might have been involved in the deadly insurrection the following day. Some members of Congress grew suspicious because the only people who could have facilitated such tours, they contend, are fellow lawmakers. One Democrat said the emergency call buttons were removed from our office. Another said pipe bounds found earlier in the day were a clear diversionary tactic to get the Capitol Police to leave the perimeter. Many have also questioned how the rioters knew their way around the maze of capital so quickly and why only liberal staff offices appear to have been targeted. 
Stop the Steal organizer. This is one of the organizers. Ali Alexander further exacerbated these theories when he claimed the guy who did it, <laughs> Stop the Steal, he claimed that three Republican House members, Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar of Arizona, and Mo Brooks with his flak jacket. <laughs> I love that, Mo yeah. Brooks. I thought it was going to be peaceful. You wore a bulletproof vest? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck face. Um, and, hey, oh, dear. Mo Brooks of Alabama had helped him plan the rally. Biggs and Brooks have explicitly denied any role. No, 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 no. We were nowhere near there. And Gossar has not commented on his alleged involvement. After watching this, Randy, it did occur to me with our next story, and I'll just go with it. This is a bit of an editorial. Uh, I, I, I have come to a, a, a startling conclusion, and uh, it was because of something that happened at the Olympics that should not have been an issue. Yeah. Despite the COVID Delta variant and the rebooting of the virus throughout America, moms and dads and families all across the nation gathered for the tradition and non-controversial act of cheering on athletes who have worked their entire lives and endured countless horrors of pain and practice to be best in the world at what they do. It's called the Olympics. We yep. sit down. When as in me, I mean as an American, we're talking about a country with a one in three obesity rate, parking their fat bovine carcasses in front of a widescreen, shoveling chips, Doritos, assorted fat substitutes in their faces and criticizing people who perform feats of astounding physical grace, even though a majority can't waddle through the front door and haven't seen their dicks since the Carter administration. Yes, most people like myself who routinely fight the war between salads and Ben and Jerry's, the two hippie apostates of arterial blockage, that's right, have, thank you, <laughs> have the good sense not to throw stones at athletes who live in, uh, have the good sense not to throw stones at athletes while we live in a glass house the size of the Death Star. And I do. <laughs> However, leave it to the grand old party of habitual asshole. <laughs> to prove once again that being a Republican isn't about policy. It isn't about debt. It isn't about national defense or traditional values. It's about finding every possible opportunity to be an unfathomable, vindictive douchebag. An asshole. <laughs> Just a true and utter dick. Submitted for your approval, ladies and gentlemen, the recent storm over Simone Biles, the 24-year-old black woman. And by the way, we would not be having this controversy if we were talking about Kathy Rigby. You got me? You got me? Yeah. Race is everything, dude. The fact that she's black is why she copped this shit. Let me go on. Submitted for your approval, the recent storm over Simone Biles, the 24-year-old black woman, who, by the way, won four gold medals and a bronze in the last Olympics. That was on top of 19 medals, three silver medals, two bronze medals. She has won in other world competitions besides the Olympics. And in the 19, 2019 World Championships, became the first U.S. gymnast to win five gold medals. Kathy Reapy, eat your shorts. Now, Miss Bliles found herself withdrawing from an event in Tokyo, and I'm sure you know the story, after she was unable to negotiate dismounts safely and admitted to dealing with almost a kind of vertigo. 
that is common amongst, you know, uh, gymnasts. She also talked about anxiety and mental issues. The legendary gymnast has also spoken in the past about sexual abuse that she, along with hundreds of other young women, suffered at the hands of the former Team USA doctor, Larry Nasser, saying she's needed therapy and anxiety yeah. meds since. Her return to the games this year, in her words, was largely about being a voice for sexual assault survivors. She said, I feel like if there weren't a remaining survivor in the sport... They would have just brushed it to the side, she said in April, which they would have. Now, you know what? Normal humans would feel supportive of a woman who has transcended her abuse to be the best at her sport. However, that was before the newly mutated and perpetually loud, virulent, super fuckface scumbag virus circulating amongst fat fucking ass bags in the Republican Party. After the world's preeminent gymnast dropped out of the Olympic competition this week, right-wing Trump ally Charlie Cook lashed out and called her a selfish sociopath <laughs> and a shame to the country. What? <laughs> he worked for Trump, <laughs> so he should know one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you could spot one, uh, let me know. And then yeah. Let me go forth with Mr. Kirk. Not James T. Kirk. Charlie, Charlie Kirk, we're raising a, re a generation of weak people like Simone Bile. Not only that, she's black. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, Charlie, isn't it? That's what it is. Do you really, you really want to say the N-word, don't you, Charlie? All you fuckers, you do. You can't help yourself. It's just there. It's just, oh, it's tantalizing, isn't it? Said Kirk, who appears on television ads for pain relief supplements. <laughs> we are raising a generation of weak people like Simone Biles, Kirk said. And it notes here, he appears in television ads for pain relief supplements. <laughs> uh, well... It's either before, it's either before uh, uh, that's or That's a bit after. ironic, isn't it? Uh, sorry, Simone Biles. Yeah, a bit of irony <laughs> there. Sorry, Simone Biles. The Olympics, isn't, Olympics isn't, yeah. isn't for you. It's about winning for America. Proclaim the Federalist, a large committee of fat white cocksuckers <laughs> yeah. who populate our Supreme Court. Oh, Bill, you're, you're firing, Bill. Uh, you're firing on Radio host Clay Travis insisted that she should uh, apologize to her teammates for quitting on them at the moment they needed her the most. Ever alert for the chance to prove that he is a product of a genetic engineering in the field of being an obnoxious rat fuck and preeminent media whore, the man whose face was built to be smacked and whose dribbling mouth noises should be silenced by cotton wool from aldehyde, cotton wool from aldehyde, <laughs> and his paunchy British body stuffed in the back of a rental car and left at a long-term airport car park. Of course, I'm talking about Piers Morning, Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> And Piers, I say it because oh, I really? mean it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bill, Piers Morgan felt the need to similarly pile on. I don't think it's remotely courageous, heroic, or inspiring to quit. Piers Morning wrote. Then he had another drink and fell in the gutter. Uh, conservative writer Amber Atley <laughs> joined the chorus. I don't know who this bitch is that a true champion is someone who perseveres even when the competition gets tough 
Okay. All right. Thanks for that, honey. It's not. Uh, we here at the Bill Show. I mean, if her name was Am- if your name was Amber. Oh, I don't know she what she was. Hey, oh, by the way, can I have can I have the Olympic theme or something grand, please? The background plays our band there. So, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we here at the Bill Show are concerned that there are no reciprocal games for conscienceless, rat-faced conservative columnists for them to achieve their specific type of Olympic glory. That is why we here at the Bill Show are proud to announce first annual Asshole Olympiad for conservatives. Events will will include the race dog dog whistle balance beam, (laughs) where you signal... Where you signal other races by using code words like urban to survive black to wake them from their deadly slumber. The big business 800-meter blowjob competition or the Donald Trump blowjob long jump (laughs) competition because that's a long blowjob. The the option... The optional mask will kill all your constituents 300-meter dash to the emergency room. Yes, that's that's being held in Florida this year. All these events are coming soon to the Bill Show Network, where even overweight, power-mad, fuck-faced whores can experience the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Oh, wait a minute. Trump lost. You're still dealing with that, aren't you? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, next, of course, we're coming to the fact that the Justice Department actually got a note from uh, uh, it was revealed in the last two weeks that, uh, well, I'll just read it. Trump insisted last week that he's told senior Justice Department officials to just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me. This was from notes of the conversation. (laughs) That when he said that, this is what I love. When he said that, this is how he's trying to say, just say the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the rest of the Republicans. That when he said that, he was not attempting to subvert U.S. democracy, but he was make no, no, no I was not. nowhere near there. What? How can yeah, you say I, that about Donald? Oh. <laughs> Evidently, Donald was, according to what he said, just making sure to uphold the integrity and honesty of elections and the sanctity of our vote. By the way, this is very similar That's to the it. statement Trump made when Ivanka discovered his affair with Marla Maples in the 80s. <laughs> it, it went something like this. Oh. Honey, I know it looks like I have my pin dick buried in every dancing girl and then I'm doing something wrong. But the truth is, I was just upholding the sanctity of our marriage by stooping every 20-something fashion model in the tri-state area between the years 1983 and 2010. At this point, Trump stood up in the middle of a four-poster bed with his tidy whities barely covering his belly balcony and his ball sack, triumphantly declaring at the top of his voice, and I will continue to stand for the integrity and honesty of the sacred vows of marriage if Jeffrey Epstein and I can bonk every coke adult teen we meet at the Port Authority till our dicks fall off. (laughs) After this stirring speech, the future president belched and started to eat of unfinished Big Mac and fries he left at the foot of the bed, while Mindy, a future dental hygienist and vegan gift store owner, scrambled uncomfortably to put on her underwear. Trump remembered this speech fondly and (laughs) even offered to insert passages of it into his nominating speech in 2006. It was deemed inappropriate. And in further news, fun, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think there's fun in the world, well, you haven't 
haven't checked out Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene updated today. <laughs> I tore this off the I tore this off the ticker. I want you to imagine that the Bill Show has one of those old tickers. Then I tear it off and I go, "Grimy kid, you got to get down to the oh, courthouse." Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Thank you, thank you. Uh, this is this is from uh, this is from uh, uh, she uh, Margie was ta- she she was uh, I, I went and doing a Jimmy Stewart. Mark Marjorie was she she was talking in Alabama, yeah. Um, Marjorie Taylor, she was talking in Alabama, and we're going to do it in this accent. Marjorie Taylor Greene told a Dotham crowd of Alabamians. No, I got that wrong. Marjorie Taylor Greene told a Dothan, a Dothan, the town is Dothan, it's a small town in Alabama, told a Dothan crowd that Alabamians would shoot President Biden's police state friends if they showed up at their doors asking if they received the COVID vaccine in a video released Tuesday of the controversial Georgia congressman's appearance at the Alabama Federation of Republican Women Killers. <laughs> Don't know what the fuck, Jesus. Um, oh, Bill, this is what she said. That's, I'm just reading the diaries, right? You lucky people in Alabama might get a knock on your door because I hear Alabama might be one of the most unvaccinated states in the nation. Green told the crowd, who cheered being unvaccinated. <laughs> Can these fuckers just die? Can I? Am I? Am I being callous? Am I being cruel? <laughs> am I being no. just awful? Uh, can I just say <laughs> they're cheering being not being vaccinated? July twenty third at the Dauphin Civic Center. Which was filled up, but I, I imagine in a couple of months they'll get half the crowd, according to footage released by liberal political talk show host by David Pakman. And she went on, well, Joe Biden wants to come talk to your guys. He's going to be sicking one of his police state friends to your front door, take down your name, and ask him whether or not you've had the vaccine or not. She then suggested Alabamians would respond by the rational thing, you know, firing their weapons. <laughs> what they don't know is in the <laughs> South, we love our Second Amendment rights and our phlegm, and we want to keep as much of it to ourselves as possible. And we're not big on strangers showing up on our front door, unfortunately. (laughs) 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 Why are you so prejudiced against the South, Bill? I don't know. It saves time. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like people sitting there saying, you know, it's like why are you uh, why are you so busy with the Germans? I don't know. I read the I read the I read I read the history yeah. books. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't mention don't, don't mention, mention, the war. The war. Don't mention the war. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listen, we're we're hooking on uh, uh, oh twenty seven minutes. I got to get out of here. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's oh, about all I have to say yeah. about the current event and the news. And uh, Brandy. Oh, Bill, that, Thank Bill, that you. was wonderful. Uh, I just got to catch catch my breath. <laughs> that <Okay>. was terrific. <laughs> Here we go. So uh, you have something for our rant today? I do. I'm I, I'm ranting. You're ranting, I'm ready ranting. to go. Yeah. 
And and you 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 have played you have played. I've played right, right into, into your hands. Well, the last person. Oh, very leave, good. Yeah. Will the last person to leave Alabama please turn off the lights? Uh, you know, as we become it becomes only forty nine yeah. states again because yeah they're gonna die. Um, I yeah uh, yes no I am ready to go and we have Fantastic. something funny. Fantastic. Uh, and we yeah uh, and we will uh, I'll be back. Uh, okay, with we'll be back. Rant. For show two, 278, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with Randy's Rant soon. Here it is, your bit of comedy. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Good evening, I'm Walter Cronkite. I've been up here in heaven doing what great former journalists do when they go to heaven. I've been sailing my yacht with JFK on a lovely beach. Sometimes I wear Bermuda shorts. Many times I get tanked and play bridge with Ed Morrow. You know something? Uh, he smokes like a chimney now. Uh, there's no cancer in heaven. <laughs> you know, the other day I turned on my 15-inch black-and-white Zenith TV and watched the CNN interviews with the current presidential nominees. After seeing two minutes of watching this Matt Lauer interview his guests, I asked Ernest Hemingway for his shotgun put it in my mouth, and blew my brain out. Yes, that's right. I sprayed my brains all over my newly painted bedroom. Uh, luckily, uh, here in heaven, you can't commit suicide because you're already dead. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it gives you a hell of a headache. But let me just say this. You're all fucked in the head. Really. This is Uncle Walter saying you're all fucked insane. I've tossed my television out the window and I'm contemplating doing heroin with Jimi Hendrix after I get tanked with Morrow. So that's the way it is. So long, assholes. have been changed to protect the innocent. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is the city. It's Jack Webb. My name is Friday. My name is Friday. <laughs> yes, sir. It's a... Even though it's actually, it's actually Wednesday. No, ma'am. It's a badge. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So th do you you could be Jack Webb, I'll be uh, I'll be Harry, I'll be yeah. uh, um, We were working the day Harry, watch out of county name? division. Those damn kids were at it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, mister. Being a police officer is the top thing that you can do. But I don't think that you'd understand. You're too busy getting blasted with your crazy kids out there and that strange thing you do. But just remember one thing. Marijuana. Marijuana is an entry drug. If you do marijuana, you're going to do heroin. If you do heroin, you'll die. And you leave college. Oh. <laughs> so I'm sorry. There, there's two million people in this town, and each one of them has a story. Yeah, that's right. And they're all white, <laughs> and they look like Jack Webb. And they're all white. <laughs> Can you imagine that an entire oh, civilization Bill. all talking like Jack Webb? 
<laughs> Hi, honey, I'm home. No, Are you really I home? I can't imagine. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh, <laughs> All right. Okay. This is my rant, and I'm and I'm sticking to it. Go for it, man. Um. Anyway, uh, I, I hope you liked uh, Redneck Woman. Um, I did. You know, with um, with Gretchen Wilson, because I thought that uh, you know that's the uh, the new Alabama national anthem. That new Alabama uh, national anthem. Yeah. Or it's uh, MGT's um, MGT's theme song. <laughs> she's <laughs> okay. My rant today. She's a prize. Timing. Yeah. Talk about timing. Yeah. I actually planned this before. The main event. Okay. Tell me. Be- because today, Wednesday here, Tuesday in the United States, mm-hmm. New York City Mayor Mil- Bill de Blasio yes. mandated COVID vaccines yeah. for certain indoor activities. Yeah. That means if you don't have the COVID vaccine to both shots of whatever it is that you're having, mm. you can't go to these things. Now, this happened uh, the morning of the... Uh, August 3rd, but apparently it's going to come into effect uh, uh, on uh, the 16th of August uh, in in two weeks. But also uh, the full enforcement will be on the 13th of September. So we're talking about, uh, you know, quite as... I mean, New York admittedly was the worst hit American Hmm. uh, city uh, with the bodies stacked up on the street. But... um, And so they have every right... To be forceful, but this is the elephant in the room. I think most people, uh, and in some countries, over seventy percent of the people support mandatory vaccination for everything, but especially for COVID. Yeah, I mean, philosophically, uh, now, I agree with you. I mean, I, I like yeah. the idea of, uh, of, um, for example, De Blasio saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, if you don't get your shots, you can't play in the sandpit." I'm sorry. That's it. You just I'm I'm sorry. No, that's what we're doing. But the thing is, that's a New York. Yeah. That's a that's a blue blue state. It's a blue state. There'd be yeah. no problem enforcing that. I think you get massive cooperation. Well, the red states are going to be de- the red states are going to be deserts in, in in a year or so. You, there'll be nobody alive there if they don't get the vaccination. No, there'll be a lot of people alive. There'll be a lot of people sick. And, but I think yeah. I think that you uh, what you really ought to do is is start. If if states that mandate, if you can get certain states to mandate vaccines, then you can actually, you know, <laughs> do some damage to these people. Uh, because, yeah. like, you, you, we here we have five states in Australia. You guys got fifty, a lot different, mm-hmm. and a lot more. Dang. I mean, anywhere you go there, it's it's a nightmare. Could you imagine going down to Alabama and trying to get these guys vaccinated? I mean, people would die. Yeah. They're fucking insane down there. You know, New York City, they'll go, yeah, I get the logic. Down, down and fuck, down and fuck, fuck Alabama. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay. Okay. What, what, what the uh, situation is in New York? If you don't have vaccinations, you cannot go to the theater or any entertainment venue. Nah. You, you cannot go to a gym. And uh, you cannot... Uh, uh, do I think it's public transport? Um, mm. I think it's important. I think it's important that people know that this is um, that they have to have proof of vaccination from employees and customers of indoor restaurants, gyms, and entertainment centers. That and that's all Broadway theaters. Yeah. Now, I I agree with that. I agree with it too. 
How many people do you know have had polio? How many people do you yeah, know that, have had smallpox? Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, the, the, that we've lived with vaccinations for two hundred years. The politicization, and we've nearly got on top of everything. The politicization of this disease is a plot by conservatives. It, 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 it they, they've used this disease as a plot. I'm serious, man. It, it, it really is. They've, they've politicized, um, you know, uh, uh, getting a shot for a disease. Yeah. And uh, they have made okay, it a badge see. of a political party. That's demon shit. Well, That's that, that these people are totally misinformed. And again, we come back to Murdoch. Again and again and again. People saying you can't go after Murdoch because there are more right people on YouTube. Are you serious? I heard some guy sitting there going, mm. well, the reason is they got to go more farther to the right because they're losing the ratings war to a fucking YouTube channel. Really? No. No. Okay. Let's look at the, let's look at the case for mandatory vaccination. And there's a strong one. Okay. Now, the four conditions are, the four conditions are yeah. for mandatory vaccination, not just COVID, any vaccination. One, there's a grave threat to public health. Now, there's over 600,000 Americans dead and over 4 million uh, people dead from COVID. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You can't no. politically enforce it. You can't do it. Okay. Yeah, I, well, you we cannot can, enforce a nationwide to. mandate for vaccination in the United States. What the fuck are you talking well, about? There were a million guns in that country. Try, they're going to try. They're going to try. No, they're not going to um, try, Randy. They're not going to try. There's no way in hell that the Biden administration is well, going to ferment that kind of fucking shit show. It would go on forever. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll talk about this more. Number two, the second condition, the vaccine is safe and effective. This has been proven. Yeah. I know you're right. Uh, lady, 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 lady G has apparently tested positive and she's been vaccinated. Mm. I don't believe it. So uh, I think she's just a sacrificial cow um, to try to uh, continue that politicization of the vaccine. Mm. Number three, mandatory vaccination has a superior cost and benefit profile compared to any other alternative. Of course, yeah. uh you know, a hundred thousand uh, uh, people in hospital every day, yeah. uh, as it was at the peak of COVID. And it's very difficult yes, it to keep, much- you know, renting uh, cars at Christmas and selling shit over the internet when people are dying. You know, I mean, that gets in the way That's of business. Right. That's right. Gets in the way of fucking business, I guess. Nah. Okay. What? Are, and then number four, the number four case for making vaccinations mandatory is a level of coercion. That's proportionate. Now, in America, they pay you $100. That's this In Australia, amazing. they're looking to pay you $300 uh, in Australia, which is about the same. Well, the labor was offering to uh, do it. I, yeah, I, I w- think it's I think shameful. it's a good idea. I think if it's what's going to get people I over the line, the then do it. I think it's the worst statement that you can possibly make about the $300 way the world... $300 is cheaper than hospitalization. Yeah, I know that. But I, I think that is a social statement. Okay. It's a disgrace. It's a fucking All disgrace. Right. Number, you have to pay people. In, a, in Australia, in Australia, Qantas has said they won't carry you uh, overseas unless you're fully vaccinated. Mm. So that's that's a, uh, a, a level of coercion that's proportionate. No interstate or international travel without full vaccination. Mm. And direct cash payment. Now, I think that uh, 
What about mandatory vaccinations in the workplace? No jab, no job. Now, they're trying this in America, uh, but the, the pushback is, is quite severe. Yeah. Number one, uh, can an employer ask for proof of vaccination status before you're employed? I would think so. What if an employee refuses to be vaccinated? Many employers still require masks in the workplace, yet uh, there are pushback. There's pushback there. How many employers encourage vaccinations without requiring vaccinations? Like right here, here all the banks, all three banks came out, mm. all four banks came out and said they're going to vaccinate their staff, but they can't make them. Mm. Well, that's the problem, isn't uh, it? And uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, what if an organization? All this is, what if an organization, all this is academic? If you can't enforce it, you just can't okay. do it, well, Randy. It's like talking about what if an organization. Yeah, I know it's right, a, but I mean, there's really no point okay. in going uh, through uh, it because it's then. not going to happen. <laughs> what if an organization requires vaccination? Before if you're a private organization, work? sure, you can do that. All right. What if Amazon said you can't sell anything through us? But they're not going to do that. Unless, unless all your staff is vaccinated. I think that's a very good idea. I think that, I think if okay, Amazon okay. or some of the large private companies started requiring vaccination, then you'd have a, you know, there'd be a nationwide well, okay. thing. But I don't think that, it's, I don't think that companies like Amazon actually have the balls to do it. You know, I oh, they've certainly got the strength to do it. Okay, here's the how's this? How's this? Um, the the case for mandatory vaccination. What if they had vaccine passports and you couldn't travel interstate without one? That makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. So you would actually, okay, that's all right then. Well, we've had, uh, you can't go to school in America, certainly without whooping cough uh, vaccine. You're just not allowed. That's right. No, you're not allowed to go to school without a vaccine. Okay, so that's mad. That's mandatory. So we're we are getting there. Mm. We are getting there. Mm. So you don't think? I mean, now we've got Delta variant, which is ten times as contagious as the Alpha variant, uh, COVID nineteen. Ten times, and we've also now got the Epsilon variant, which is only just being uh, covered, and that's going to be even worse. Yep. So I think that we're going to have to reach a stage where we we uh, put on our big girl pants and decide that if you want to function as a normal human being on this planet, you're going to have to be vaccinated. That's it. Well, I, I, I you know, again, it's it's uh, you can make laws and you could do things, but you got to be able to enforce them. Right now, Joe Biden, I think, really very much is in the middle of an American civil war. With yeah, the no, people, the people that. are using this. You, excuse me, the people that are using this issue as as part of the planks. That it's an it's a grievance issue. It's it's amazing how they've managed to do it. But it yeah. but as Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's a unifying point for people who are already violent. So yeah, how how do you enforce that so, I mean, with people it, who are already in violent? I mean, these guys these guys took shit. You know, I mean, well, that capital raid was a capital raid. We're going to see a lot of terrorism motivated with oh, heavily no, armed people. Tour. That was a tour. And if you're thinking that you're going to mandate uh, that kind of vaccination program all over the United States without causing violent problems, 
yeah, I, I think you're right, Randy. I think this is what medically should happen. Do I think it will happen well, in America? You know, no. You know, New York had experience in 1947 when they had a, an outbreak of six deaths from smallpox. Mm. Uh, smallpox still occasionally reared its uh, ugly uh, poxy head. And they were able to vaccinate all uh, six million people on that island. Yeah, I know. Within four, within four weeks. And when was that? 1947. Yeah, big difference. That's what we talk about, the cultural well, difference. The cultural difference is yeah. we have actually gone. In 1947, you had a community. There was community. Now what you yeah. have are consumers. That's what we yeah, are. Individual, We're consumers. And I'll tell you, the greatest example of that is the idea that uh, someone gives you a life-saving vaccine that anybody in the third world would be groveling for, but you won't take it. And, unless, and they are, and they are. Uh, you yeah. won't take it unless you're paid. You are a consumer. You're not a, pr- a member yeah. of a community. And that's the difference. You put this community of America right now in the same position as World War II. Oh, my fucking Lord. Oh, my fucking Lord. I mean, someone to take away. Okay, here's one you, you confess you. everything to the Gestapo. Someone to take away your mobile phone, for fuck's sake. You know, I mean, yeah. she's. Okay, Billy. What? Billy, in Chicago, on the 1st of August, which is what, uh, Sunday, hmm. there was an audience of 100,000 people at Grant Park for a concert, mm. the Foo Fighters. No masks, oh, no requirement for vaccine. Oh, now, if that's not a recipe for a oh, yeah. major spreader event, I don't know it, what it's it gonna is. It's going to mutate, man. It, it, it was a thing called Lollapalooza. Yeah, uh, no, know, I know. I heard about it. Series. Yeah. The- 100,000 people absolutely shoulder to shoulder, you know, uh, and by and the way, I, 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 I shudder to think what it's going to be like in a few days. And by the way, listener, guys out there, let me tell you something. We in Australia watch this shit on American News. What the fuck, man? It's madness. It's just total madness. What are you talking about? You got a rock concert with people sitting there. That Lollapalooza festival? Jesus fucking Christ. I looked at that. They did an aerial shot of it on MSNBC. And I went, what the yeah. hell are you thinking? You can you can probably see the COVID jumping around, but you know other countries are requiring either a negative COVID test or vaccination uh, to to enter certain things, mm. and they're just not getting it. People just aren't doing it. But I mean, the thing is that this is the result of uniform. I, I'm telling you, man, there's big money behind this shit. The misinformation yeah. that's being pumped into vaccines is organized. It is getting a lot of – it gets play on Fox. It gets play in the far right. There are people dumping huge amounts of money into this shit. And it's not, you know, it's not the lefty lady who lives down the street who has the herbal garden in the back. No. It's, it's uh, a people who have a lot invested in causing um, social unrest in this country. And I think that if you looked really close at a lot of this anti-vax shit, I, I, man, uh, if I was Vladimir Putin and I had a few hours on my computer, fuck, yeah, spread yeah. that shit. Absolutely. Fuck. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just thinking cynically. And I think that a lot of that shit's behind it. And I think the Republicans are part uh, of it. 
Well, I hope not. I mean, we need a population correction, but not this one. No, you know, we get glib about that. I don't wish anybody dead. Let me think. I don't wish Let, anybody me, dead either, but Let they, seem to be, they, they seem to have a death wish themselves. <laughs> but, you know, I, I and I get really cross, and I say a lot of things, and... <laughs> <laughs> but you know anyway anyway i won't go further and what anyway, else you got anyway willie willie that's my rant well i think and i i still believe the elephant in the room is compulsory vaccination and i think that uh within 12 months you're going to see more of it i'm not sure the countries that yeah the countries that have it in, in europe yeah. even great britain has 60 percent of people that support it right you're seeing you're seeing the death rates come down severely. I think it's going to happen. Okay, don't. So in twelve months' time, in twelve months' time, I know how you like to bring up. Some well, of the no, old we tapes. we look back at the last shows and we go, was he right yeah. about the nuclear bomb exploding? <laughs> was Randy? Yeah. Did Randy predict that right? Because <laughs> you can, yeah, you know. I, I mean, told like, you, I told you they were going to drop the bomb. I told you they were going to drop the bomb. One of the advantages, like going off on politics with your friend on a podcast. You know, every two weeks is. Am I your friend? Oh well, really? yeah, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this Mr. Wilson? God damn it! I got the wrong number. Uh, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Haven't you found that person to do the show with you? You keep coming back to no, me. No, I was. You're my buddy, pal. We've known each other since forever, and now we're sitting. Well, now we're sitting alone in our uh, rooms. Talking to the and talking to this case, microphone, yeah. but um, yeah, 150, 150 kilometers away. One hundred fifty yeah. kilometers away. Well, listen, uh, I, we want to send out uh, all the happiness and good feeling to all of our fans out there. Yeah. Glen Falls, New York, is the center of the universe as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and uh, uh, Claudia up in New Hampshire, all our regular guys. I love you all. Yeah. And this is show two seven eight. And uh, we'll be back at you uh, soon with more fun in politics from the American scene. Only here on the Bill Show, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, now we're gonna play. We're gonna play our uh, our our favorite um, political satirist uh, uh, again. Oh, you want to give him a give him a shot? Yeah, okay. I've got. Uh, we're gonna take us out with a little. Pigeon, po- with a little. Yeah. We're gonna take us out with a little Tom Lira. Uh, have a great. Yeah. Can I just can I just introduce? This? Yes. Go ahead. It's actually a special a special recording of Tom Lira. Yeah. He, in 1998, after 25 years mm-hmm. of not performing live, he hadn't performed since 1973. You know why he stopped he performing, a, Randy? He, no, tell me. I'll tell you the story because I'm from Boston. Tom Lehrer stopped doing Boston, sat- yeah. satirical songs because when yeah. Henry Kissinger got the Nobel Peace Prize, he said nothing was funny anymore. Oh, that would have been 73. Yeah. yeah that was it. He said he couldn't do it. He went off and he wrote songs for Sesame Street. Kept him yeah. sane. Anyway, Tom Lehrer uh, was uh, also immortalized in a musical review called Tomfoolery. Yes. That was uh, produced, um, you know, uh, in uh, by um, I- I- the uh, um, guy, you know, that does uh, all the big musicals. And he... Oh, that guy. Okay. Uh, was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- w- oh, shit. I can't remember his name. No, no, no. Um, Come on. Let's take it too long. Uh, we got to get yeah, out of here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, 
his first performance in 25 years was at a tribute. Uh, hey, Mr. Producer, it's called. Okay. And here's Tom Lear being introduced by an old classmate of his, ah. uh, Stephen Sondheim. Oh. Ah, Sondheim. And so, so the, the the voice you hear at the beginning of this um, performance Stephen is actually Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim introducing Tom Lear. And I think um, All the- Cameron McIntosh was the name. Oh, my God. All us showboys are just crazy and in, in, yeah, in uh, yeah. <clears throat> So Stephen Sondheim introducing Yes, ladies Tom and gentlemen. Lear. And and my favorite uh, fuck, song, Poisoning what, Pigeons in the Park. Good, yeah. fantastic. That after that two hour introduction, ladies and gentlemen. God, oh, can you imagine fuck this you, fucker Bill. at the Oscar fuck ceremony? You and the horse. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fuck this you is and the horse you rode in. Poisoning on. Pigeons in the Park. We'll see you next time <laughs> right here on the Bill Show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. It's it's now my pleasure to introduce a fellow who I went to camp with when we were kids, and Andrew Scog in Maine, uh, when we were very small kids. And um, he hasn't performed on stage in over 25 years, but Cameron, as you know, can work miracles, and this miracle is called Tom Lehrer. Okay. They promised me a seat belt. Anyway. <laughs> I've often wondered what became of him. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Cameron McIntosh and I met 20 years ago, so he must have been nine, I suppose. I was 13. And um, so it's a great pleasure to be a part of the uh, tribute of the week. This, uh, <laughs> this one saluting Cameron and his belief, long held and frequently demonstrated, that self-indulgence is better than no indulgence at all. <laughs> in 1980, he decided to exhume some of my songs and re-embalm them in a form of a review called Tomfoolery. And I'm not saying that uh, I made him what he is today, <laughs> although that happens to be the case. Uh, but uh, he'll tell you it's the other way around. But all I can say is that after tomfoolery came cats, and the combined profits of cats and tomfoolery <laughs> made him a wealthy man. And as I went from adolescence to senility, hoping to bypass maturity, he went from rags to riches. Uh, I must say, though, that even then he had exquisite taste in rags. So here's a song that was sung by Tricia George and Martin Connor in Tomfoolery. It's a song about springtime in general, and in particular about one of the many delightful pastimes that the coming of spring affords us all. Spring is here, a suffering is here. Life is skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do. Don't you? <laughs> of course you do. But there's one thing that makes spring complete for me and makes every Sunday a treat for me. All the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. Every Sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park. 
When they see us coming, the birdies all try and hide. <laughs> but they still go for peanuts when coated with cyanide. The sun's shining bright, everything seems all right when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. La 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 da We've gained notoriety and caused much anxiety in the Audubon Society with our games. They call it impiety and lack of propriety and quite a variety of unpleasant names, but it's not against any religion to want to dispose of a pigeon. So if Sunday you're free, why don't you come with me and we'll poison the pigeons in the park? And maybe we'll do in a sparrow or two while we're poisoning pigeons in the park. We'll murder them all amid laughter and merriment, except for the few we take home to experiment. My pulse will be quickening with each drop of strychnine we feed to a pigeon. It just takes a smidgen to poison a pigeon in the park. <laughs>